Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Just in case you didn't know, the Irish Times is producing a daily confronting Corona podcast with updates on all the developments in this constantly changing situation. You can find it on irishtimes.com and it really is worth listening to. Since we last spoke, 17 more people have died from COVID-19 in Ireland, bringing the total to 72 deaths. We're thinking of all those people, of course, their families and everyone affected. And there are now 3,235 confirmed cases but obviously there are even more than that as not everyone has been tested yet. Ryan Tuberty is another RTE broadcaster who's been confirmed as having the virus and we wish him all the best. Uh, He was playing a blinder on his morning radio show especially with positive stories about corona before he got sick uh, which I know my kids definitely need those positive stories so we wish him a speedy recovery. Wanted to bring you an email that we got. We've no pandemic poetry for you today, but we did get a lovely email from a woman called Tila in America. She said she's listening to the podcast from the state of Tennessee in the US and she wanted to write and say thank you because she's a community theatre actor uh, or she was before all this anyway. And she wanted to make sure that her Irish accent was as authentic as possible. And she says, I thought that a good way to do that was to listen to Irish women talk. I searched Irish women podcast and this was the one that immediately appeared. So that is how I started listening to your wonderful podcast. It has helped tremendously with the accent. But beyond that, I have to say, I'm so glad that I found the podcast because not only do I love to hear Irish people talk, I hope that's not a dumb American thing to say, not at all, Tila, but as a recently awakened feminist, I absolutely love the content. You're such a joy to listen to. Thank you so much for all you do. And that's from Tila Kelly. Well, we're delighted with that. And thank you very much, Tila. And I hope you're getting on okay there in America, which, as we know, has so many cases at the moment and a very worrying time for everyone there and, of course, all over the world. Now, later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about lockdown larders and all your pandemic pantries, the various snacks and dishes that are getting you through this time. Never mind the pandemic, there is a banana bread epidemic sweeping the kitchens across the country. Food is something that we can control at this time when we feel a loss of control and a lot of people have hardly opened their eyes in the morning before they're thinking about what to make for dinner so we'll be talking food glorious food in a while with Roz Purcell and Catherine Cleary who are giving us their take on foods that can make us feel better now crisps is my offering lots and lots of crisps and uh, giant pots of soup But first, I caught up with one of our regular contributors, Tanya Sweeney, who is in self-isolation with her partner and her 14-month-old daughter. 
Tanya Sweeney, uh, we wanted a bit of an insight into your lockdown life. You've come on the <laughs> you've come on the podcast for us before, talking about many other things, but we're all in this very surreal situation. So, how is it for you, Tanya? Tell us first oh, your gosh. own setup there. Well, I I'm living in my uh, two up two down house in Stony Batter. And uh, I live with my fiance and my uh, soon to be 14 month old uh, daughter, you know, so it's it's the three of us and uh, our, our various family members are scattered across the country. So we don't really see them, you know, um, and we're just sort of trying to to sort of uh, not kill each other um, and and. Uh, you know, just try and work and and get a bit of fresh air and, and try and find a new normal or, or find, as I'm calling it, you know, our, our feet on the seabed a little bit. You know, I think for the first couple of weeks, it really felt like we were in a tumble dryer, didn't know what way was up and and work was, I think as well, there was so much headspace going to like, you know, anxiety and uncertainty. You just went to, to bed absolutely wrecked, you know, so... I think we're starting to adapt a little bit now. I think we're on week three of, of, of sort of, you know, not seeing anybody, you know. So we're, we're just this tight little unit at the moment. And, um, you know, that obviously has its advantages and, and disadvantages, you know. Just on that tight little unit, that sounds quite idyllic. But um, if you're anything like me, uh, you have been, I was writing today in my column about just being quite snappy and angry and I think I'm at that phase have you gone through a phase like that oh my god I listen I read your column this morning Roisin and I was like punching the air going oh it's not just me someone else is snapping five times a day thank god you know and it's 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 great and you're right you know it's not about when have you snapped it's how many times have you snapped yeah. because if you haven't snapped yet like you know well done on getting that lobotomy in before lockdown you know but <laughs> But yeah, it's it's I think it's a very normal. I mean, like this is such an, an unusual situation. You know, you're basically being told to stay inside your house. I mean, I think as a new parent, it really helps to, you know, go out sometimes with your mates and just let off that bit of steam, have a couple of glasses of wine or just have your own time to read a book or something like it's very, very hard to to harvest away that you know, space and time for yourself right now, you know. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I I think we found it very difficult. I think the first week, you know, myself and my partner, you know, we were getting very snippy. And uh, one Saturday, any, anyway, I went completely postal, <laughs> you know, for over nothing, you know. And, you know, we started having those conversations where it's like, you do realise you slam the toilet door or this yeah. the toilet seat down. You I know you do that. Like, <laughs> we're sort of at that point where we're like, do you realize you do that like we're getting very sort of like you know but I mean I think that's kind of normal it has to be to to, to get through this you know I mean I, I I'm seeing people on social media and they're having a great time and they're they're in their lovely garden and they're having their alfresco suppers and they're doing board games with the kids and you know that's brilliant if, if that's your life you know but it's definitely not my reality at the moment you know I mean I I'm dressed at the moment well done well done I I'm going to get them to put in a little round of applause right here for later on when we edit this together. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I tell you, I put shoes on today and I was like, you know what? I'm actually killing it at this <laughs> lockdown scenario. Like, this is great, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I've always worked from home, you know, so I'm used to that. But 
there's just something different now in, you know, not being able to, to go out or, you know, see your friends for coffee or go out and follow a story or, you know, um, just just go anywhere that you want. You know, I mean, the world got very, very small for a lot of people in a very short amount of time. You add in. I mean, it's like Christmas, you know, the way for the few days of Christmas where you can't really go anywhere. Um, it's like that, you know, except there's no Drambuie and there's no like sound of music on the telly. And that's tough to, you know, that's that's really tough. And there's all this talk about there's going to be lots of, you know, a spike in divorce rates. I mean, I've absolutely no doubt that's going to be the case, you know, because, you know, when you're in close quarters with people, you know, you really do see, um, the, you know, the best and the worst of people, you know. So and and in these extraordinary situations, I think a lot of people will be kind of going, gosh, is this is this the right relationship for me you know which is unfair it's probably not the right thing to do but it's human nature really isn't it uh tanya what about the dark dark side of it which is sort of all pervasive and and the death toll rising and the number of cases now we occasionally have good news where we sort of hear right maybe we're doing better than leo vracker and the others uh, thought we would be doing so that's great but at the same time you just know that these funerals um are going to start happening and people that we know are going to be affected is that does that kind of creep into your consciousness oh absolutely i mean i think that was for the first two weeks i was very sort of teary and i didn't really know why and Mm. very sort of anxious and 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 now i understand why that is because you know you do you you start to realize that you know for some people they have hugged their relatives, their loved ones for the last time. And they may they may not even know that yet. And, you know, the, the funerals, I mean, I've been keeping an eye on social media about the funerals that have happened. I can't even imagine, as someone who has, has had the funeral of a parent already, I can't imagine what it's like to not have that community around you at that time, you know, to have to say, right, we're going straight to the, you know, a graveyard and there's going to be 10 mourners dotted around the, you know, the the the, the graveyard. I mean, I can't even imagine what that experience is like for, for somebody who is who is mourning um a loved one at the moment, you know, and, and to know that, you know, people are dying alone, they're dying afraid and this just this it's just it seems unstoppable, you know, and I think that looms very, very hard and and heavy in a lot of minds at the moment, you know, and I mean, there will come a day, I suppose, when we're on the downside of the curve and I can't wait for that. But I mean, right now it's it just it's a it's a very, very dark time, you know, when those kind of thoughts start to to you know, when you think those kind of thoughts, really, you know, I don't know. Do you feel the same? Roche? Yeah, I do. And I really relate to what you said about the teariness, because um, I haven't had a full on cry yet. I'm kind of waiting to see when that happens. But I've definitely felt that uh, like tearing up at weird moments and wondering what the, what the hell is going on. And I think it's just that it's the it's the overwhelmingness of what's to come as well, of what's happening that we don't know, that we don't know is happening yet as well. Tanya, I take it that you're... Uh, from what you said earlier, that you're not a, a fan of all this productivity porn that seems to be um, permeating the Instas and everything. Absolutely. And it's funny because like Una Malali put up a tweet a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was absolutely spot on. And she said, you know, we have just left behind a, a cult of productivity and busyness. And it, it was like a hamster wheel for a lot of people, caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of exhaustion. And we are still trying to bring that into this new scenario when we are being given the chance to let ourselves entirely off the hook and reevaluate the hamster wheel element of our lives, you know. And I mean, I, fi- I find it funny that, that people are, are trying so hard. I mean, wh- what for? Why are you, you, you know, who are you doing this for, I suppose? If you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for the benefit of your of your kids, that's wonderful. But, you know, I think 
I see a lot of the the uh, social media posts of people's incredibly tidy houses, and you know they're 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 dressed to the nines. And I think a lot of people are feeling very sort of not inadequate, but they're kind of going, I I you know I'm I want to fix myself a gin and tonic at ten o'clock, and I'm not I'm obviously not doing this isolation thing properly you know and you know there's a cult of you know and I think women really you know do befall it the cult of self-betterment and the cult of self-perfection you know and now is the opportunity to really let all of that go you know I mean I'm I'm taking the opportunity to just completely slob out you know and you know and 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 hopefully in a week or two it'll it'll all fall into place, you know, and we'll understand, you know, that we don't need to keep, um, you know, for some people, obviously a schedule and keeping kids occupied is paramount. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my kid is plopped in front of CBeebies morning till night and uh, I'll deal with the consequences later, you know, but it's working for me right now. Let me tell yeah. you, you know, I'm singing Eagle Piggle to myself constantly. <laughs> but anyway. Tanya, in fairness, I think you're a bit like me. So it is, I think in a way, some in some ways, this whole business is a little bit easier for those of us who have a tendency towards um, that kind of relaxing and not, let, you know, being too hard on ourselves in that way. But I imagine if you're somebody who really does, and I'm not, that's no offence to you. I'm, I'm putting myself in the same boat. But you know, <laughs> you know? to someone, for, I've been thinking about the people for whom keeping up appearances and doing all that stuff is really important in their psyche and in who they are. And that must be hard. I think that's challenging for those people, which I am not one of. And maybe you are. Maybe you are. Oh, God, no. I'm like, let it all hang out. You yeah. know, I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 you're right. I mean, there's definitely a sense of keeping up appearances. And I suppose people need to go, you know, what, what are you doing that for? Who are you doing that for? Are you doing it to make yourself feel better? I mean, I always find the social media keeping up appearances is a way to like smooth over a big crack in your life. I know in my life when things have been very dark or very down is the one time I post a lot of selfies, you know? Mm. And I think it's because you need that hit of people going, oh, you're gorgeous or whatever else, you know what I mean? So when I see people doing a lot of that, I'm like, okay, maybe all is not quite as it yeah. seems in their lives at the moment, you know, and they and they do need that, um, you know, kind of validation from other people, you know, so. Yeah, I get that. I, I just put up a picture of myself in plaits because it was the first day I actually felt that I kind of I was looking kind of presentable and then of course my kids my kids pointed out that the whole back of my hair where the two plaits are separated is completely white grey you know so that was lovely that gave me a land from the front when I'd sprayed my L'Oreal root thing on the front I kind of looked vaguely okay and then I turned around and they were just they were just laughing at me but as they said who's looking at you back or front mum you know I was like oh yeah fair enough you you wouldn't get a big head in this house is all I'm saying. Um, but but Tanya, tell me this, um, because these are the conversations I'm having with friends at the moment. Are you learning anything about yourself as a matter of interest, about who you might be after this? Um, and it's fine if you aren't, obviously, as we said, nothing, there's no rules in this scenario. I, oh God, I, you know what I think I'm learning is that I, I, I don't have a great constitution for crisis. I know that sounds silly, but I mean, I kind of panic. I mean, I, I, I am not a very, I don't, and I don't mean this to kind of put myself down, but I'm not a very strong person. I mean, I kind of went at this with a bit of a panic and a bit of a, <laughs> I don't want to do this, you know? And a lot of people kind of took this on the chin and were very pragmatic. And I can't say I was one of those people. So uh, yeah, I'm not a great person in a crisis. I think I learned that about myself and I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, we can't all be, we can't all be, be great, you know, in that regard. I'm great in other ways. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to give myself a few pats on the back because I've always suspected that I'm great in a crisis. I've always, had, I've, <laughs> I've always had, had that, that as one of my things. You know, I nearly, I nearly drowned. I really very came close to dying twice in my life in water, and oh uh, I didn't. And I didn't die. And a couple of other things that have happened to me, where I've been um, subsumed by this uh, overwhelming sense of calm at the time when it, it should have been the most uh, panic-filled right. moments in my life. And I'm actually, I am feeling that now. As, I mean, I'm not, I am doing the snarky thing and I'm, I, you know, my kids were telling me I'm shouting more than usual and there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. But on another level, I do have that feeling like, okay, we just need to get through this. And I, I, I did adapt quite well. So on that front, I, I have to say to myself, okay, that's a good thing to find out about yourself to, to have confirmed, you know. Totally. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that's a good thing. And um, yeah, hopefully that moment of calm will, will come my way one day. You know, but I think <laughs> I think it is all phases. Like I definitely am in my kind of angry, shouty phase, and my mom has come into this phase of acceptance. She was telling me the other day, whereas she was ringing me up for a few days in a row, and she was kind of not raging against it, but she was saying things like, "I'm very bored," or you know, "I, I this and that and the other," and she's come sure. that she's come through that now into the kind of gratitude and acceptance bit. I think it is yeah. phase, Tanya. I think you will find that. At some point, you will have come into that kind of more resolute type of uh, bit of it. Yeah. Every day I, is different, you know. I, I should think it's not even linear. I'd say you just have yeah. bad days and good days and yeah. they're piled up, or even bad hours and good hours piled Absolutely. on top of each other. And, you know, that's grand. I mean, I, I mean, I have a friend that I'm talking to and, you know, she's saying, you know, I had a couple of great days and then I had a bad day. And she felt she it was a setback and it was like, well, it's actually not, you know. I mean, it's it's just completely normal to to oscillate between the, the two wildly uh, varying emotions, you know, between panic and upset and, and anxiety and then kind of an acceptance and even the odd moment of, gosh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing OK at this, you know. So but I'd say, you know, I don't know if it's a linear thing. I'd say it's fairly cyclical, to be honest. Uh, absolutely. And listen, I'll come back to you in a couple of weeks and see if you're uh, still there <laughs> or if you... Yeah how you're doing if you're still got a, a partner living with you in the place or whether he's had to relocate I might be living on my own exactly yeah <laughs> having a great okay. time I'll tell you <laughs> Tanya Sweeney thank you very much thanks Roisin that was Tanya Sweeney there now she was talking about people living their best lives in a pandemic which not all of us can do but there are also some people using their frustration to help others and cookbook author and influencer Roz Purcell is one of those I spoke to her about life in lockdown and about how she's managing to raise money for people on the front line using her contacts and her skills. Roz, how are you getting on under lockdown? You know, I think the first few days were really tough uh, and I'm sure it was the same for everyone. I I think was taking in so much information. So not only was I trapped in my house, not really being able to go about my normal routine, but I had this overwhelming um cast of information that was you know creating a lot of anxiety and sadness coming at me as well and not being able to you know see my family or call over to my sister's house so uh, the first few days were definitely tough but I think every single day I'm getting a little bit more positive about it um in terms of like how oh, I'm lucky that I live in a lovely house in a nice area and should we have mobile phones we can all keep in contact with each other so I'm definitely in and out like I have you know moments where I read something bad on Twitter or uh, think worst case scenario and then I kind of come out of it and I just get on with my day uh, so 
above all, I'm trying to find things to distract me um, from the kind of little bit of uh, stress and anxiety that's floating around. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a long, tough time for all of us. But hopefully at the end, as a community, we'll definitely be a lot stronger. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Do you live with your partner, Roz? I do. Um, and it's definitely testing us. <laughs> in a, in a, yeah, it definitely is, you know, because I think... Uh, I'm definitely someone, I think anyone can, if you know me, you can probably guess this. I like to be really active. I like, I'm very sociable. I love being around people. I love a routine. And I've always been one of those people that my routine kind of keeps me going. And this has kind of totally shifted everything and thrown everything up in the air. And uh, Zach is actually quite happy to sit at home and work. And, you know, it's not really bothering him. So we're like yin and yang at the moment. But um. Yeah, we've we've created a, a work colleague called Linda. So anytime there's something to give out about, I'm like, Linda, Linda left the dishwasher door open again. I almost fell over. Jeez, oh, Linda, would she ever stop? And, you know, Zach's the same, like, Linda never cleans up after her. So we kind of blame someone else because we kind of feel like if we really start going at each other, it's going to be a long time for both of us. So, uh, yeah. I think, Roz, that's, Genius. I think we all need a Linda in our lives at the moment because I'm certainly finding I'm even more tetchy than usual. I'm I'm kind of tricky at the best of times, but I'm finding myself getting kind of annoyed. So maybe I'll have to invent Linda and blame everything on her and that will be better. I like it. It actually creates a bit of a laugh as well because, you know, when there's something that, you know, maybe your partner does or your your friend, whoever you're living with does. And, you know, you kind of you only might you might only notice it now and again, but obviously with these confinements, you're, they're probably you're realizing they actually do it quite a lot. Um, so it is kind of funny because you're not directing the comment at them, but then they kind of subtly know, like, please stop doing that. <laughs> well, listen, I want to talk to you. I think of the way a lot of people are um, keeping their mind off things is trying to do stuff for others, and you have done that. You've launched the fundraiser, uh, Faista. Yes, it's Faista. Um, Faista. I think I got it right. Wherever wherever you are, all over Ireland, I think we have different pronunciations, especially <laughs> in Gaelga. So uh, you can get away with saying a few different variations of it. Um, so yeah, I guess the first few days I was um, like I said uh in panic mode and I definitely needed something to work on and distract me because um oh I was just worrying about everything you know you're worrying about not being in control of the future you know things that are completely rational and irrational all at the same time so uh I just started working on a little project um it was creating a downloadable cookbook that people can get straight onto their phones and laptops and it's a it's a coming together of lots of different Irish cooks and chefs and their two favourite recipes that they think people will enjoy now that we're all stuck at home baking. And yeah, it's just in aid of the matter and Mercy Hospitals. And it's a non-restrictive fund. So it goes to wherever the money is needed over the coming months. Um, I think, you know, obviously with uh, COVID-19, there's going to be a huge weight on the hospitals, not only in ICU, but in there's going to be people with serious illnesses that will need continued treatment anyway, whether that's stroke or chemotherapy. So the money goes wherever it's needed to make sure um, 
care can be given wherever it's needed. So it's called FASTA, a home cooking collection of recipes for the Matter and Mercy hospitals. You can download it for five euro. And like you say, you can get it onto your phone. And that is a brilliant thing. The fact that the money will go wherever it's needed, because sometimes you worry that a lot of money is collected for one specific thing and then it doesn't get to where perhaps it could be better used. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who uh, pretty much all my family's high risk, one of my sisters has cancer. The other one is just about to give birth. So there's so many people in society that have underlying illnesses and will continue to need treatment. So it's really important that they can still get the same level of care. Um, So it's great to have a fund that it can go wherever it's needed. And have you any idea of how much you've raised so far or how much you hope to raise? Um, so far it's been 25,000 Wow! and yeah and it's great because I, I keep saying I'm like if this was a real cookbook it would be a bestseller right now <laughs> um, now listen tell me what what recipes did you put in and also I want to know what your own kind of healthy snacks um, are that you're cooking up most for you and your partner uh, so I actually put three <coughs> recipes in because I guess I created the cookbook so I snuck a few extra in uh, <laughs> I, I put in um, I put in wholemeal scones because I think a lot of us are going back to nostalgic recipes and for me uh wholemeal brown scones was definitely one of them uh I've also put in an all greens soup so like a super green soup because a lot of us are quite conscious that we're still getting a lot of vegetables in we're eating nourishing foods for our immune system and number three I put in a really good uh homemade pizza because you know none of us are allowed to get our takeaways now so uh I had to put in something like a fun pizza you can make with the kids Okay, people are still getting takeaways, I think, though, are they? Yeah, but I don't know, maybe if you're like me, I'm kind of the hyper level conscious where I'm not really going out to get anything or getting anything to the house unless it's a necessity. I'm quite conscious because I'm doing my shopping for my sister. So I really don't want to um, get anything into the house unless it's a complete necessity. Oh, fair enough. Um, So some of the contributors to it are the Little Green Spoon, Susan Jane White, who's been on the podcast before, who's great. I actually have her fudge, her halva fudge in my freezer. We made it the other day and it's just a lovely sweet snack to have. Um, James Kavanagh, The Happy Pear, Bread 41, Donald Skeen. So you've got some great names. And are there people being added to it all the time? Well, that's actually a good idea to add to it, but then I'd have to go back and send everyone the PDF. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I will say one thing. I'm like Zoolander with when it comes to tech and stuff. So for me to even put this together, I was like, oh, I'm so proud of myself because you don't realize like some people might say putting a PDF is so easy, but there's a lot to it, you know, and it took it probably took me a lot longer than it would take someone else. So um. Yeah, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible for myself. But uh, yeah, so it is great because, you know, I got a few new recipes off lots of other foodies to try myself at home. And right now, I think a lot of us, we are depending on cooking. I know myself, I'm, I, I always cook, but I'm definitely cooking a lot more. I'm cooking two, three recipes a day. Um, and it is definitely a mix of kind of nice and healthy recipes. And then a lot of kind of comfort indulging food because, I know for myself, sometimes food is that little comfort that we do need, whether it's late in the evening and you're after consuming lots of news or, you know, you're worried. It's kind of nice to sit down with a big muffin and just forget your woes. (laughs) Um, So I definitely am having a nice balance because a few people are messaging me asking you know, what healthy snacks do you have? And I'm like, I'm kind of making muffins and like <laughs> cream donuts and stuff because right now I think I need all those nostalgic flavors and, you know, those kind of things that, you know, make me feel good because um, 
it is a time where food is a, and cooking is a really good outlet to just, you know, have a bit of creativity, work with your hands, be present and then enjoy something and take your mind off everything else. And listen, what about your mental health and physical health? Are you doing much exercise? It doesn't sound like you're going out at all. So how are you um, maintaining that? Because I know that's an important part of your life as well. So I do home workouts and I actually... Uh, usually do them live so people can just join in with me oh Um, yeah and then I learned talking and exercising is so much harder I have a newfound respect for any um, (laughs) personal trainer so I actually did um I have a personal training uh degree diploma whatever it is so um I trained as a personal trainer before so um that's why I just said you know what I'm training myself at home if other people want to join in they can so I do that at 8 a.m and you know obviously I have a little dog so I do bring my dog for there's a park behind the house and I go hurling with him just to get him some fresh air and he just sprints back and forth and you know that's kind of my bit of fresh air as well um so yeah I I a really important part for me is to just have that keeping somewhat of a routine so getting up going to the gym before I do anything else almost makes me feel like I'm having somewhat of a normal day Okay. Now, just to back to the book, tell people how they can get it. It's called FASTA, a home cooking collection for recipes for the Matter and Mercy Hospitals. How can people get hold of it? Uh, so they can go onto the GoFundMe page. Um, if you just look up FASTA cookbook um, on GoFundMe, you'll get straight to the link. You donate five euro and then you just email your receipt to fostercookbook at gmail.com. All the information is on that page and the PDF is sent directly back to you straight away and you can download it from there. I am very impressed with your tech skills, Ros, and I think all our tech skills have been, you know, going to new heights in this time. I'm in my bedroom recording this with my feeling very proud of myself. Um, but listen, wish you all the best uh, and thanks for doing something so great, uh, so worthwhile while you're in that state of anxiety. And like I do think when you have the amount of people you have in your life that are that you're worrying about, it, it adds a whole other level, you know. So um, it's great that you've been able to channel that into something very positive. Yeah, thank you so much and um, stay safe and keep cooking and I hope you enjoyed the book as well. Will do. I'm going to go and get it now. Thanks, Ros. Thanks. The Irish Times Women's Podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition. Sumptuously smooth, dark chocolate. That was Ros Purcell there. Now, this is not a time to be a restaurant critic. It's one of those jobs that's definitely not essential these days. But you can't keep a good restaurant critic down. And Catherine Cleary of the Irish Times, having hung up her knife and fork temporarily, has started a food podcast called The Comfort Feed. She spoke to me about that, about feeding her family and being fed by her family. Here she is, Catherine Cleary. Catherine, how are you getting on in lockdown? Okay, sometimes. And then, yeah, I just nearly bawled crying in a Skype call with an interview that I was doing. She she actually missed it up. I haven't haven't cried a lot, actually, weirdly. I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing that, you know, um, getting on with the thing. And then she missed it up because she was talking about how lots of people have been telling her, we've got your back. And then suddenly I found myself. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But then the next minute I'm not. And then the next minute I am. I think that's basically how it is. She also said a very interesting thing. She said, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this until it's over. I think that's where I'm at with this as well. Yeah, I don't think you can go into any analysis of it right now uh, because it's just too ever changing and it's too stressful to kind of contemplate it in a big way like that. So I think that's a very good. It's almost like parking it 
parking all that emotional yeah. response in a way later on. I think everyone in this country is going to be going through uh, a certain type of PTSD after this post-traumatic stress disorder because yeah. it, it, there's so many, I mean, I feel very lucky. I'm sure you feel lucky too, but everyone in their own way will have something to deal with and get help with afterwards emotionally. Yeah. But for now, all we can talk about and what a lot of people are talking about is food. <laughs> the reason I wanted to get you on is to talk about our pandemic pantries or what uh, the woman in England who does all the budget cooking, Jack Monroe, calls the lockdown larder. And I think this is something that we can kind of feel we have a bit of control over. So I think we're all uh, creating different variations of a pandemic pantry. What would be your thoughts on that in terms of what people should go and get and what they shouldn't be getting as well, I suppose? Um, I think we have to be a little bit wary of the sort of social media perfect thing, which is <laughs> we're all learning that perfect isn't really an option at the moment. So I, I was very drawn to a list I saw somebody uh, put on Instagram of, you know, here's what you need to buy uh, of all really healthy, great foods that will see you through two weeks. Um, but I think the and, and everybody wants that simple answer. OK, I, I need to make sure that I can cook enough food for two weeks for my family. What do I do? And I think if you're very organized, absolutely go, you know, buy Susan Jane's book, um, Clever Batch, which is all about batch cooking. It's amazing. Buy the ingredients and do two weeks worth of cooking of food. But I think if you're more on the fly and you're just trying to get through today, um, you should probably try and just find something that you really like and you've made before because it's not really a time, I think, to try and become Ottolenghi overnight. And <laughs> That's what I was hoping to do. That's what I wanted to do. What are you saying? I can't do that. Well, you can, of course, but I think you need to, <laughs> and you think you need to say that that's what you're going to do rather than I'm going to become Ottolenghi overnight and I'm also going to batch cook enough food to feed a family of five until June because that's... <laughs> really tall order. and I think we, we need to stop giving ourselves tall orders at the moment because it's, it's too hard no I, I think definitely if you're finding it some kind of comfort to be in the kitchen cooking up lots of stews for the freezer fantastic go with that but if you're not and if it's adding more stress to you to feel oh I haven't got a freezer full of stews that's going to feed us till June then then don't get stressed about that. A friend put a really good message on a, on a WhatsApp group, one of my favorite of the WhatsApp groups, and where she said, OK is the new brilliant. So if everything's OK, if everybody's, you know, alive and well and has eaten that day, then I think that's brilliant for any family to be achieving at the moment. And then the other the other side to that is if you do want to make food your project, there are fantastic resources there. There are amazing YouTube videos or cookbooks or anything that you can dip into. And it is really satisfying to step away from the screens and just chop an onion um, or, you know, slowly like cook your onions really slowly. That would be my, my tip at the moment because the smell is amazing. <laughs> the flavor is great. You know, just slow it all down and, and luxuriate in the sensuality of cooking if that's your thing. But the other thing is don't feel guilty if it's not and don't try and make it your thing because, you know, there's some there's some sort of uh, Instagram perfect world that you feel you need to be part of. The other thing that I'm slightly wary of is this idea of, well, involve your children in making meals, which is, again, <laughs> wonderful if you're in the headspace for that. Actually, my 10 year old made muffins yesterday all by himself because we were all just too busy to do anything. And they were great. But there was a massive cleanup afterwards. And I'm not sure if everybody's stress levels can cope with, you know, a six year old trying to chop a tomato with a butter knife or whatever it is that you have to do to get a child involved in getting dinner on the table. I'm very much a 
let's just get dinner on the table merchant. And also, I think we have a lot of spouses at home now as well. So let's involve them too. Exactly. Who might not normally be there because I know you work at home generally anyway, so you're there a lot. And there's people in the house in the daytime that weren't there before and make sure that they're kind of as much part of it. Do you know, going back to the slow thing, I love what you're talking about saying uh, slow onions. I'm going to try that tonight just to fill the house with that smell. But also because you're always going on about eggs and how eggs are a great thing to have. Do you know what I wish everyone would try? Because I only just discovered it before all this thing uh, kicked off, which is really, really, really slow cooked scrambled eggs are the most delicious thing on earth, which I never knew. I'm always, I was always a real, oh, get the scrambled eggs made. And they were grand. But since I discovered a really low heat for scrambled egg, and it could take 20 minutes or something for them to get done, and they're just spectacular. Do you know the science behind that, Catherine, or anything? I just found... <laughs> yeah, I think anything slowed down. I mean, Michael Pollan in his lovely book, Cooked, you know, if you're looking for a food book to read, read Cooked by Michael Pollan, where he goes through all of the different kinds of cooking routines. And he talks about at one stage, you know, the kind of chef world where everything's chopped really finely and then everything's fired over this high heat. And his mentor for that book, whose name is, escapes me completely, she's the woman who went on to make that wonderful Netflix show, um, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Again, if you oh, want yeah. food, she was always giving out to him for having heat up too high, frying his onions. So basically turn your heat to the lowest, lowest setting and let the onions fry for 20, 25 minutes. And they just turn into this kind of delicious goo and um, with butter, olive oil. Uh, and it just, yeah, I just, every, I think everything gets better when you do that. Uh, so take that approach to all of it slow. Don't burn your onions. Don't blast anything through anything. All of yeah. that slow stuff. I mean, I've never done that with eggs. I'd be interested <laughs> to give that a try. Catherine, I'm so glad to give you a tip. Oh yeah, sorry, loads of butter. <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs> have you seen Nigella Lawson on Twitter at the moment she's fantastic and she's basically like just going always with the butter the butter she just keeps saying it it's brilliant um now Catherine you said you meant you made a uh, clay volcano with your children but you've also been making something which I think as a service to the whole nation McDonald's has closed and you recreated you reverse engineered a Big Mac tell us about that I did. I did. I had a whole paragraph in my piece saying about how I tried to persuade the editor who was asking me to do this. But could I not make like amazing beef from Sligo and a brioche bun, like a gourmet version? Like, yeah, that's fine. But make us a big Mac. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I said, OK, needs must. The new normal and looked at YouTube. I said, how, where do I start? YouTube is the answer to everything. Um, and the first YouTube video that I looked at, which had 28 million hits, I thought, oh, this is great. This is like the obviously the best version. If if you look at if you do a YouTube search, you'll get it's the top one that comes up. It just shows somebody mashing raw mince into a burger and then mashing a whole iceberg lettuce and hitting it with various bits of bought McDonald's and and mashing it all together. And it's soundless. And all you see is somebody's hand. And that has had 28 million hits, which <laughs> I think tells us okay. a lot about what it is that people want from um, recreate a Big Mac at home thing. Anyway, there is a much better video, which I then followed um, and was surprisingly easy. The secret of recreating a McDonald's uh, burger, any kind of burger, is the sauce. 
and the ingredients are in that Irish Times recipe. None of them are healthy or in any way good for you. Or, But they do have, the chef explains that it's that contrast between uh, tartness and sweetness and uh, creaminess. And you get it in the sauce. And as soon as you taste that sauce, you go, oh, yeah, that's that's McDonald's. Um, it's really amazing. Uh, so, I, yeah, if you want if you want to have that sensation, just make the sauce. If I'd been in the studio with you, I would have brought in my leftover secret sauce to you. You might have to do a drop. Just leave it outside your door. And I'll come and pick it up, Catherine. Would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually joking. And you know me, I'm not joking. Um, listen, you did an amazing job by the looks of it, uh, even though you were a bit resistant. But you're, you're, one of your sons said it was definitely like a Big Mac. Yeah, he took a bite. He said, yeah, apart from the fact the iceberg lettuce is a bit too fresh, it's that's it. <laughs> Um, but also tell us who you found the video because it was somebody who actually was a chef in McDonald's is that right? yeah this this American chef called Dan Coutrote who's uh, he does it like it's a really it's two and a half minutes you have to stop it 17 times before you even get the hang of it but he in in response to a question from a McDonald's customer I don't know when the video was made it was probably a good few years ago in Canada um, he shows you how to make I felt if I'm going to go to YouTube I need to learn how to make a Big Mac from a McDonald's chef so that's what I did and then I shared it with the readers of the Irish Times I think I forgot to list cheese in the list of ingredients as well so it's not the most perfect recipe you'll ever read but I think we all know an easy single is the only thing to put on that really isn't it has to be an easy single yeah forget <laughs> any of your beautiful Irish farmhouse cheeses no 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 Catherine no no <laughs> There'll be plenty of time for that. Um, listen to me, you are not doing the restaurant reviews anymore for obvious reasons, but um, you've now started your own podcast, which I think is a brilliant idea for these times. It's called Comfort Eater. Is that right? It should be called Comfort Eater because you're the second person to call it that. But it's, oh, it's actually I called, probably saw your tweet. That's probably wise. It's, it's actually called the Comfort Feed. Um, okay. We were looking at comfort food um, and then we thought actually the comfort feed being a, a kind of an antidote to your news feed. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a podcast for pandemic times about food people and how they're coping with things and great ideas for recipes. And we're hoping listeners will start to flood us with ideas. We've had a wonderful um, email already, which has led us to kind of think about doing something around um, dinner parties with Zoom, um, uh, which is now again this thing that none of us well I had never heard of Zoom until a week ago and now it seems to be just part of the landscape of everybody's life or lots of people's lives for keeping in touch and it's like a Skype thing um, so yeah and, and it's all I think everybody's finding everything's been thrown up in the air and things are being reinvented on the fly and let's see where this goes kind of thing and that's what the podcast is so it's called The Comfort Feed and go and go and have a listen Okay. Yes, we we encourage all our listeners to listen to the comfort feed as well as listen to the women's podcast because there's a lot of podcasts out there and we we can get through a lot of them. Um, Catherine, before you go, and thanks for all this great advice. I think you've been really sensible and you made me feel a little bit less stressed. Just that idea that it's just about being okay. There's a lot of overachieving going on in my Twitter feed and various platforms where I feel I should be writing a novel, painting pictures. I don't know, hot housing my children in chemistry. I I just can't cope with it all. So I put on Twitter the, the other day whatever you are able to do is okay and I think we just all need to keep that in mind as we go through this really otherwise we'll just be exhausted and we're going to burn ourselves out and feel really crap about ourselves yeah yeah I think so and I mean the, the last thing anybody wants to feel at the moment is that they're not achieving the perfect you know pandemic life because <laughs> this is 
this is just about looking after each other. There's a great word that I saw this morning. I mean, in a way, social media has been wonderful. So a great word saying, you know, care mongering. It's, it's about care mongering. Oh, that's lovely. And that's also caring about your own mental health. You've got to, you know, put your oxygen mask on first kind of scenario to, to look after yourself rather than spinning into a kind of I'm not doing pandemic well enough kind of mode. Um, and I think that's where the food thing can be a really good help in terms of, you know, just make a soup that lasts for weeks and, and eat it every day and don't feel like I'm not doing this well enough because I'm eating the same soup every day. Catherine, I now feel I've been doing this really well because that's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> I have I have a leek and potato one on the go. I'm about to do a sweet potato and chorizo one. And the idea is, is that for lunches, we don't have to think, what are we having for lunch? We're just going to have soup. And it's just so much easier. And you know, the magic with soup as well is that soup can become stoop. You know, the guys in Kepker. Yep. So they have they have what they call stoop, which was uh, a family recipe where it's like a soup, but it's also stew. So your lunchtime soup that you're having every day can also magically, by the addition of, you know, some meat or some chickpeas or something out of a tin, turn into a stoop or a stew. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, soup is probably the get out of jail. I change it every day. Like I threw in some sweet corn that made it a, a sort of a leaky potato and sweet corn soup and then uh, towards the end I might add a bit more water and throw in some pasta so it comes like a pasta soup Uh, (laughs) so endless opportunities yeah we need a podcast about this I think I I think so well have me on I'll be a guest on your podcast for the old comfort feed uh the comfort feed see I got it right there there you go now I mentioned the restaurants what is the thing you are going to eat in a restaurant after all this is over what's your fantasy meal now um for all the places that you've been to where do you think you'd like to book immediately when things are back and hopefully the restaurants will be back because it's obviously a real blow to so many people but where would you like to go if it was still open when this is all over i'm actually dreaming about going to tremor to see to visit (gasps) Yes. Called the Beach House, partly because it's a little bit out of the clamour of the city and it's the lovely uh, couple who are behind the fish shop in Beverly Street and and they have uh, just got their hands on this gorgeous looking building. Uh, I've seen pictures, Mary Claire did a lovely piece with them in the Irish Times um, and there was a lovely photograph of them standing in their dining room and it looks beautiful, flooded with that kind of beach light uh, Mm. Victorian room and they just do beautiful fish really simply Mm. um, and they kind of do a fine dining thing in one of the restaurants and and I'm really going to be interested to see what they're doing there but I can't wait for anybody just to hand me a meal that I haven't cooked myself (laughs) (laughs) in any Uh, setting. Or actually, um, well, that's really unfair because my husband, who has been is one brilliant cook, um, has been doing the weekday cooking. Normally, he does the weekend cooking, so we've been enjoying his weekend cooking on weekdays. So I've had I've had lots of meals handed to me that I haven't cooked myself. But yeah, I was just going to say that I was thinking you weren't giving Liam a fair crack of the whip there. No, and he deserves a medal at the moment. Um, but I mean, for both of us, actually, for me and him to sit down and eat a meal that we haven't cooked ourselves, that will be the the truth. Okay, I'm looking forward to. Well, I second that. And maybe we'll have to just go on a little road trip to Tremor after this, Catherine. What do you think? With a big vat of uh, McDonald's secret sauce. <laughs> OK, listen, it's been lovely to catch up with you and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for helping us with our pandemic pantries and with everything else. Thanks very much, Catherine. Brilliant. And that's it for today. Thank you very much to our guests, 
Tanya Sweeney, Ros Purcell and Catherine Cleary. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast and all good podcast apps. If you want to get in touch and we really want to hear from you, we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or email us on thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.